Hey, hey, you are listening to the Fantasy Joe's podcast. I am at Roto Librarian, Ryan Livergood. I don't know what that was at the beginning, Will Greenwood, um, but it was something from the Pillow Palace in Minneapolis, Minnesota. It's Will Greenwood. Hello, everybody. We are here tonight together to be on this podcast to walk through a journey of at least two different players, along with a Dynasty Startup mock draft that might change your opinion about how you look at other places for mock draft results. This is the hardcore Fantasy Joe's Dynasty Superflex mock draft. Yes, thank you. That's a good setup. It, it, it is a mainly a super flat, super flex. That, that's something else. Super flex <laughs> startup mock draft with, of course, the 2020 rookies. But, well, should we jump into that, or do you have something else? Yeah, start? well, I had a bit of speech in my mind from when we started, and I was like, oh, hey, I'll be fun to go full NPR, and it didn't work as well as I was hoping, but we're all here again together, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this, Ryan. It's, it's, I feel like our, our big show, it's been a little bit. And, it has uh, been. We missed, we missed a couple of weeks. Um, one week, we just were super busy. The other week, we had technical difficulties, so if you were a Patreon supporter, though, patreon.com slash fantasyjoes, you would have known we put out a Patreon show. So we did something last week, just not for everybody. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, you know, you know, I miss our, 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 our big show. And uh, Ryan, what, one question I have is, how much do you look at, at fantasy projections going into the season in dynasty leagues? So when you look at redraft projections for the coming year, how much do you value those when you're, look, when you're looking at your dynasty team and then when you're trying to make moves before the season starts? Probably way too much. I mean, I think I would, the right answer and what I say to myself is I'm not going to let these things influence, you know, my, my decision-making, but I'll admit, you know, you look at some of the projections, there are some uh, projections that have Alan Robinson having a, a big year, for example, I think Robert Woods is one of those guys that people are projecting to have a big year. And when I, you know, see these things, hear these things, I do kind of probably in the back of my head, raise their value up a little bit in, you know, in, in my mind when I'm going into, uh, trade discussions, startup drafts, that type of thing. So yeah, I, th- I think it influences us more than we think. But I, but I, I try. I shouldn't let it influence me, though. I don't think. What, what about you? Well, I, I, I'm getting more into it this year. I would say in previous years, I, I did look at them, but I didn't look at them as closely because I do think you have this the like basically the, the dichotomy in dynasty is like how much do you want to risk for this season and what are you willing to to pay to make a good solid run. And how much do you value projections? Uh, I, you know, I think I think last year I didn't look at you know projections versus the end of season, but I, there was there were some good values. I bet Joe Mixon was much highly much. Uh, he's projected to ha- have much higher production last year to your fantasy team than what he actually produced, and he's still kind of riding the, this upward, you know, trajectory. But but how how much can we bank on that? And then let's look at what the experts are actually doing uh, for the people that do this for their jobs, you know, people who have launched sites like fantasy points, uh, PFF. And then the, you know, in dynasty league football, if you click on a player, you can see what they have as their projections. And I do think that that's an area where if, if, if nobody's looking at that, or if you can figure out if one of the, the other people in your league are looking at those projections and making potential trades based on that for the 2020 season, uh, you can either use it to your advantage or disadvantage. So I, I kind of I want to go on a, a little bit of a diatribe here, Ryan. A little bit of a diatribe to kick off the show, and it's a player that gets talked about a lot 
and how to value him. And that is Raheem Mostert. And so I want I wanted to kind of bounce this off of you as far as some over under like like valuations for him. So okay. this is a part of what our, our listeners get because uh, we talked about like what what you know uh, websites I subscribe to and things like that. But I was looking right. at pro- projections, and I'm just gonna say it, like so PFF has Mostert projected for uh, 226 rushing attempts, 1108 yards, 12 touchdowns. Uh, 32 targets, 25 receptions, another 108 yards, and another touchdown. So 13 total touchdowns, uh, let's say right around 1,300 yards, and 238 PPR fantasy points, which puts him at RB12. So fantasypoints.com, another like up-and-coming website that you can also get free projections from, so no worries here. Uh, 210 rushes, 130 yards. Anyway, ATDs, 24 receptions, 220 yards, one touchdown there. So nine total touchdowns, about – you know, 1,250 yards and 201 fantasy points, which puts him at that point at RB22. And so now we look at the MFL one that you can click on the player, and those projections come from Fantasy Sharks. They have uh, him at a lower rushing attempts and yardage total, but then they they boost him up to 14 touchdowns. So 176 rushes, 1,000 yards, 14 touchdowns, uh, 220 yards in the air with 22 catches, and two more touchdowns there. So 16 total touchdowns for a total of 240 PPR points, which puts them at RB15. And I was looking at these, and one, there's a disparity. And compared to what he did last year, I'm very, I'm very skeptical about this. And we've seen this in Dynasty year over year, this, this kind of like breakout star that, that comes out of the blue, uh, doesn't have high draft capital. I mean, Mostert has, has like an okay contract you know, at best, he's definitely going to be on the team this year and be a part of it. But, you know, you know, last year was his biggest year. And during the regular season, he had 137 carries for 772 yards, eight touchdowns, 14 catches for 180 yards and two touchdowns. So he had 10 total touchdowns during the regular season last year. And I didn't, I didn't pin this down for weeks one through 16. So I'm sorry, everybody. I know he scored touchdown, at least, at least one touchdown week 17, but overall season. And so we're, we're, we're looking at a bump for a player that's 28, has an injury history. He is, is supposedly, you know, like bulking up, which I don't think really works out well on narrative street for running backs. Uh, but the other part is his snap percentage was so low last year. If you bump his snap percentage up just a little bit, uh, weeks one through 13, he could easily hit this. Like his snap percentage in 2019 uh, before week 13 was under 50%. It, it was, there was only two weeks that were above 32% snaps. So I, I just, uh, I'm just having a hard time, you know, cause I, I have most at a couple places. I, I, maybe he's cheap to require at this point in time. It, I think it just depends on who's in your dynasty league and what they're looking at, but I, I'm struggling for, cause a year, you know, if, if he's actually going to be a top, you know, even like 18 running back next year throughout the season, that is a super valuable piece to your dynasty team to make you, you want to, you need regular season wins to make it to the playoffs and to have a higher seating. And you, you know, you have to put the waiver wire, you have to make sure you have, have depth on the team to make it through the whole year. But I, I don't, I, I don't know exactly what I want to pay for him. Ryan, what's your, what are your thoughts on this uh, potential RB 12 to RB 22 in full PPR based on these three references for projects projections 
Man, what a setup, Will. That was a setup. <laughs> and, and you might have identified, you kind of made a case that he is maybe one of the best values among all running backs in, in Dynasty because I don't think you're going to have to pay, you're going to have to pay something for him, but you're not going to have to pay too, too much. And he has probably as, I don't want to say as much upside as anybody, but for but you know, for what it would cost to acquire him, he has a tremendous amount of upside. You're right. Uh, you know, he's in a great situation. Yeah, he has some competition there. And maybe that's a concern with Tevin Coleman, Jarek McKinnon coming back. Um, seems like San Francisco can plug anybody in to that, <laughs> you know, that role and, and they perform well. Um, you know, it, he's an interesting guy because not only – he was he wasn't drafted he was on the taxi squad of two teams including chicago bears and, and cut i mean he has like this amazing history but you know he's on the wrong side of the the age uh you know age threshold you want to be but I, I, this is a good question will and i have to think about it i guess i you know off the top of my head i want to say if i have a contender and i feel like i need a running back with some help to get me through the next year you know maybe as much as a 2021 second yeah, so so his value using like the the dynasty trade calculator in a twelve team full PPR superflex league uh, is right around like the I think the two hundred eight. Uh, okay, no, a little bit. Well, maybe maybe two two hundred six two hundred six ish. That that's like a twenty twenty like uh, yeah. second round. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's six point four to six point one for the two hundred six. So it, we're, we're looking at that as far as what, you know, if you're going to go by uh, somebody using a dynasty, you know, using the dynasty trick calculator, very commonly used. Uh, but if he were to produce like some of these, even his lowest, pro, I mean, his lowest projection at RB22 is, is not, is not bad. <laughs> it's, uh, well, I think another thing that's interesting about that too, Will, is that you get him for your 2021 first, or excuse me, second round pick. And let's say he does have a good year. Let's say he is, um, you know, high end RB two. You probably can flip him. You might be able to flip him for a first round pick. I, I, I think in season to a, a contender that needs another running back. Um, I mean, maybe that's a stretch, but you never you never know. It's possible. At least you can get your value back. I think at that point. So I, he is kind of an interesting investment. I think he's an interesting value. Yeah. It, the thing is, like, it's just such a it's like the curious case of Raheem Mostert because he's 28. He's 28.3 uh, right now. So he's, you know, he's going to turn 29, you know, next off season. He, he's probably, I mean, I, I don't see him being like a long-term starter. It's one year at best. Oh yeah. It, it's a yeah, scenario. It's, it's and also, year. you know, the, with, with the cap space that the Niners have, what happens if they go and trade for somebody, you know, what if this devil and this is complete, conspiracy streets that's narrative street uh what what you know how good of a fit would it be if the vikings traded dalvin cook to the niners with with his holdout talk and and you know the talk of a new contract you know they were willing to pay jerk mckinnon from the vikings uh basically what basically what dalvin cook is is asking i mean it's a couple million dollars less but it was up there 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 are some scenarios where uh mostert doesn't doesn't come out on top here but i also think we're some of these projections, Ryan, are are low on receptions. When you have the the max receptions that he's projected for on these three sources is is twenty five. I feel like that's really low. I don't, I don't know. I I mean, it probably is based somewhat on what he has done in the past, and uh, you know, 
I, I don't. It's it would be interesting to see what the 49ers, um, you know, tar- targets numbers that go to to running backs. But that probably sounds yeah. right. Yeah. Well, me. like a decade ago when he was still in college, he was a wide receiver. Yeah, that's interesting. So, but I, I think his snap shares are interesting, and his workload. He just is a. I, I really, what really floored me, Ryan. I wanted to bring this up. This topic was was PFFs projection of him when I was kind of plugging in some leagues to look at some seasonal stats and it just is a it's it's wild I I feel like I want to sell Raheem Mostert but the you know if there's a a good pick available like the 206 in a super flex rookie draft I'd be willing to move him for that this is a deep enough draft but I I don't want to give him away without getting somebody who's going to start for my team you know like ideally right now in your mind he's a plug and play starter yeah i've got him on a few teams too and i'm thinking for me he's definitely a hold i i just don't think it you're right i think i think he can help my teams more than than what i can get back for him so i think that's a, a good assessment although you know if you're not going to contend this year if you just know it you're in a rebuild um i still think it would make sense to hold him because i think in season he could be more valuable maybe you can yeah well, I think he's like a packager. Like he's, you're not going to sell Raheem Mostert on his own. Like right. you're not going to do that, that kind of deal. That probably won't get done. No. But I don't feel like his addition to a package should be undervalued is, is why I wanted to bring that up. Yeah. No, I, he's nice. And he, and he, maybe he's a tremendous value, a guy you get added into a deal and, and suddenly you're, he, he's a huge help for you at some point in the year. And so. I can't remember who the Niners lost in the offensive line. They lost a good uh, tackle, I believe, but then they added, uh, was it Trent Williams from the Redskins who That's held right, out all yeah. this last mm-hmm. year? And I think he's 31, 32, but he was, you know, super highly graded, uh, great, great blocker coming into that. So well rested. That, yeah. Yeah. He's got, he's got that, uh, he's got that uh, shelter in place body right now. Uh, so, I mean, there, there's a potential that offensive line doesn't uh, regress, you know, and then it progresses. They had the second most rushing yards, in the league last year uh, as a team. And it's only second behind the Ravens. I mean, it was a ton of yards between them, but it's basically the difference of Lamar Jackson. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Hey, we should jump into our mock draft, our startup mock, because we, we, um, we just need to get into it. There's a lot to talk about. So we launched a fantasy Joe's Superflex dynasty um, startup mock. Uh, thanks to our friend Jake Patterson. I want to uh, shout out to Jake because something that I said we needed to get done and, and he, he runs some leagues. He's really good at it. He created this great site. It's the best mock draft site I've ever seen. Link is in the show notes. So check it out. So uh, thanks to Jake for helping us get this, get this going. Cause basically he got it going for us and it's awesome. Well, because this is the best mock draft I think I've ever been involved in because we know everybody that's doing the mock draft. Number one, a lot of our league friends, league mates, uh, which is a lot of fun, but people are in the chat, you know, or, or with the comments when you make a pick, we got a lot of great comments about the rationale be, be, behind why people made these picks. So a lot of fun. Will. it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. I've, I've really enjoyed this mock draft so far. And I feel like this is one of those where we should have just done a league, but then you have like trading <laughs> back and I, I'd rather, I'd rather just have done an auction and go about it that way. Yeah, it's funny. Well, I, I want to before before we get into this, because because I I sent to you. So so Trey Barrett and I are, are doing a, a a new league together, and I sent a message to you, and I'm like, well, we got to do a league together. We got to do a 
sort of draft. And then you, you kind of came back and you said um, that, you know, that's cool, but I'd prefer an auction. So you're, you're definitely more on the auction side of things these days. Well, so I, I just am not, as a, as a dynasty owner, and it's one of my faults, is I'm not, one of the things Trey is, is really good at and passionate about is sending out offers to everyone on what his values are to trade back in a startup draft to find the owner that sees that as a value for them. Right. And that's, that's a big, uh, like something I feel like he really loves to do. And I don't. Like I, I, I need to be better about it. I need to be more strategic about taking the time in a startup draft like that. I, you know, this is a dynasty league and I, you know, I've never quit a dynasty league uh, that has just been, you know, myself. I think we quit one of those shows in the past, but anyway, uh, that that's only, you know, <laughs> I, I want to be in this for the long haul and I should be more, more consistent with what I'm offering out. Like, okay. I see you uh, for my second round pick a uh like like a fourth and a seventh being easily worth it like that's uh like projectable to be the the players that will fall there like i'll be very happy with that deal and just because nobody's offering me anything that i go through all 11 or 13 or 15 other owners and i send that offer out to everybody based on their picks and where i can see maybe where i see value but maybe they won't and trey is much much better at that yeah, um, Trey is a master at that. That's for sure. And and yeah, you've got to you got to have some patience and and really the time to do it too. Because you know you're you're in a league and um, you know we we've got busy jobs and we're, we're we got a lot going on during the day and in the evening too. Um, so you really got to work that and be dedicated to it. So um, yeah, you got to set aside the time for that. Uh, okay, so we'll do we'll do an auction then we'll, and we'll talk about that later. But. We should get into this, Will. Um, so it was um, the three Joes and nine of our, our friends and league mates in in uh, the Dynasty community and our, our league chats and that kind of thing. So Tyler was nailed it. Was was first with the one hundred and one. I mean, should I just read the first? How do you want to do this, Will? So we, we just read like the like the twelve picks, maybe point out ours, and then just kind of go round by round. Or you want to attack this from a different um, angle? No, let's just go. Let's just go through the the first round and like rattle them off, and then we'll go back. Yeah, and and that's the thing because there's there's no shockers here. Maybe you'll be shocked that a guy went at you know seven as opposed to four or something like that, but no, nothing oh. crazy here. And but, I think there, I think there are so like there's definitely some disparity between this and like the DLF ADP. Yeah, definitely. It'll be fun to talk about those because I think you, you, you've got some, some notes on that. Um, okay, so just we'll just go 1 through 12. The first 12 picks, you've got Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Patrick Mahomes, this is Superflex, remember, uh, Lamar Jackson, Zeke, uh, Kyler Murray at the 106, Michael Thomas, Dak Prescott, Dalvin Cook, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, and Alvin Kamara. So th- those are your top 12 guys. Well, um, is it even worth talking about anything that like, I mean, Dalvin cook at the one nine, we could have a conversation cause he's holding out. Maybe if we did this, started this today, Dalvin cook doesn't go that high because of that. Yeah. Incident. Horrible pick. Shame no, no, I mean, you. no, I'm just saying, but I'm, no, I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. I mean, I mean, I mean, the, hold on. I mean, really, you know, if you, if you look at these names, not, I don't think there's a reason to talk about any of them. Um, do you want to talk about oh. your pick or 
I, I have uh, quite a few names I want to talk about. Really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, so one, Mahomes at the 103, it's, it's choosing that versus the elite upside of a running back versus this, that stable, uh, p- like potential QB one overall year over year, at least a contender for it. Uh, yeah. I, I'm really curious to see how we, the league handles Patrick Mahomes moving into his third year uh, and his second year of starting. So I think one thing we forget a little bit is last year was basically Patrick Mahomes' first year of actual starter play. So we, we see this sometimes where wait, – Wait, time out. How do you figure that? Because he played all of – Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. But, sorry sorry <laughs> no it's okay but i just i want I, I think there could be some some adaptation to how defenses handle the chiefs uh right and, yeah and, this was his first year out. of like yeah no first year of the league like they knew what they were getting with they who they were facing with patrick Mahomes. I, I i think that's what you were trying to say yeah yeah and and uh, yeah i'm sorry I was, I was kind of uh going out this is the first like uh Mahomes was mvp the year before uh and then this year he kind of went out but and i feel like teams did stop the chiefs at least in the playoffs, like every game was a comeback and how they can, they can figure out to keep the pressure up and, and challenge him. But I don't know. I, I think Mahomes is, we're, we're seeing a, a beautiful quarterback uh, in our midst. And I think he's an easy scoop and score at the, at the one Oh three here. And I, I, you know, you see some super flex drafts. He goes a little bit higher. I don't think you see him really go lower than the one Oh three. Ryan, what do you think? Oh yeah. I mean, I think the, the top, um, you know, four or five guys are, are pretty much locked in with um, obviously CMC, Saquon, and, and then usually it's Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I, I think at this point. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Mahomes is such a great pick because, you know, I, I think, you know, it's it surprising to me, Will, that some people have Lamar Jackson over Patrick Mahomes, and I think that's recently biased because, you know, I want Lamar Jackson to put together for a couple of years, you know, straight like, like Mahomes has. I mean, we know Mahomes is a real deal. He's going to be in the league and productive for a long time. And, you know, Lamar Jackson, hopefully he will, but I, I still think there's some question marks with him. But Yeah, I, th- I think it, he might have a, a shorter, but uh, equally, if not brighter, you know, t- like time. So with his, with his rushing upside, and that, that's what I – sorry, and I, I, I have the notes here. Just, just confuses between Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. There, there are going to be adaptations to Lamar Jackson for next year, with his. Uh, yeah, I know he came in in his rookie year and had some starts, but he was so much more of a rusher and not a passing threat. Versus last year was like a nine point something uh, touchdown percentage. It, it's uh, just ridiculous. I mean, it, it's it's going to be hard to repeat that. Probably impossible. Yeah, and it, it, it the thing is though, he could still be such a big fantasy difference maker that he's still easily worth it here. I don't think that's a, that's a bad pick whatsoever. Oh, nor, and, nor do I, nor do I. Yeah. I think, I think, I think the top four are pretty locked in. So, so Ryan, you, you went, uh, Elliot at the one Oh five. Is it, is that an easy just choice for you? That's easy. like scoop and score. Like, yeah, I think, I think so. Um, just because I, I think after that, the, the quarterbacks, you know, have some, I mean, you know, Michael Thomas is there. Um, so you know maybe that maybe that was a mistake but i still think you know if i can get the one of the elite elite running backs it, it's totally worth it you know in the, in the first round of a a draft like this and, and zeke you know if you think about it he is under contract for several more years he's coming into into his prime he's in this high-powered offense in dallas so i just think you know 
Zeke is one of the few difference makers at the running back position. So, uh, and and the the one thing, of course, is and this is why I really don't own him anywhere. Is because, you know you worry any minute you know he could just do something stupid and and you know get suspended. You know he's not he doesn't always make good decisions. So, uh, but um, but yeah, I, I think it was pretty easy for me. I mean, you look at the quarterbacks. I mean, Kyler Murray is intriguing, but I, I don't know. There's still some question marks about him. Uh, you know, you know, Dak is good. He's solid, but I, I don't know. I, I mean, Russell Wilson, he's great, but um, yeah, you know, he's kind of capped with the situation in Seattle. So I, I don't know. What, what would you have done at the 105? Would you have uh, done a different approach here, Will? No, I, I think it's the, the, the right choice. I think the 105 is a really tough spot. I feel like the first four, whatever mix you want to give, are, are pretty comfortable. Uh, if you're passionate about somebody else and want to move them up, uh, the the thing is, uh, so Zeke's been in the league. He's been in the league four years, and he's carried the ball quite a bit. He's not had any injury history or anything like that. It is a new coaching staff coming in. Uh, does anything change? And the thing is, though, is like, does anything change? It could be for the better. Uh, his touchdown uh, regression in a, in a good way could, could be massive moving into next year. And I think it's a better offense. You know, the rot was the rising tide lifts all boats. Uh, I'm very excited about him moving forward, but his, uh, you know, his shelf life can't be very long. I don't see Zeke being a 28, 28 year old, uh, you know, still like, like running back one with, with while they've been working him over the years. He's got at least a couple of years left though. Pretty easily. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think with running backs, well, anytime I look at running backs, I, I, Man, anymore it's like a two-year window because it, we we've seen it. it can just they can fall off so quickly and their situation could change and so you know if i can get two years out of a guy that that's that's great um so but but, yeah. I, but, but it is you know certainly a concern um yeah but I, I feel pretty good about zeke there i mean i mean there's certainly other choices you can make but i and i would totally agree with you you know one one through four um, you know, that's, that's pretty much a tier in and of itself. But then once you get beyond that, it's, you know, a lot of these guys could, could you know, you could, you know, um, like Alvin Kamari, one of the 112, you might take him over Zeke and he went several spots later. So yeah, lots, lots of fun conversations we could have. And uh, uh, I can't, I can't, I can't really like make a good argument for taking somebody over Zeke right there. But I think, I, so let's just move on. Uh, Kyler Burr at the 106 is, is a uh, that that's a big pick right there. Uh, if this is a real startup yeah. draft, maybe you're trying to trade back out of the 106, but sticking and picking, I, I do think Kyler Murray's dynasty upside is huge. But he has the same thing that I was talking about. Patrick Mahomes was really thinking about uh, Lamar Jackson. Uh, you have rookie seasons into sophomore seasons. They added weapons. They have all this you know uh, firepower around him, and he should progress. But but after uh, you know just somebody's rookie year where, where they did show really great signs it, it is a, a risk here and i don't think kyler murray is is near uh like like dlf's adp and super flex at the 106 yeah i, I don't know where it is but I, I think you're probably right although he's he's one of those trendy guys i mean i, I think um like like jeremy who drafted him said number three qb and dynasty for me so um, I, I'd rather go with somebody more established. So I, if I'm going to take a quarterback here, Will, for me, it's probably Russell Wilson. Um, you know, maybe Deshaun Watson. Um, I, d- just because we've we've seen them do it, um, 
several times, you know, in a row. And, and, and Kyler Murray is, is, you know, he had a good rookie season, but we're still banking on improvement and upside. And um, there's a bit of a risk there. We, we kind of got fooled with Baker Mayfield, right? A, a year ago, I'm not suggesting he's Baker Mayfield, but we were all excited about Baker Mayfield. He's gonna take this huge leap forward. And that did not happen. And that could happen with Kyler Murray. So we have to be careful. I mean, you're talking about the sixth overall pick in this draft. It's certainly bold. Could certainly pay off for Jeremy, but it is worth noting that it's, um, you know, it's, it's bold. It's just a bold pick. Yeah. And I think in leagues that you're in though, this isn't like, it's, it's not the, it's, it's not, it's not like a terrible pick, but if this is people have Kyler Murray valued under this, maybe this is the time to, to scoop him. Even if you have to, you know, pay retail value or even overpay a little bit before he becomes more valuable. This is your only, probably your only opportunity. Cause if, if Kyler Murray goes off as projected, it finishes as the, you know, at the top five QB as a difference maker on your team and that offense really clicks, he's going to be untouchable. Yeah. And we talked about this a year ago. Well, where we kind of said that, like, you know, now is the time to invest in Kyler Murray because he, he could rise real high, real fast, real yeah, and we talked about was any rookie going to be a top 12 pick in rookie drafts the next year? Uh, and, and you said yes. So you were right, Ryan. Good job. Oh, did I? Well, thank you. Yeah, see? Nailed it. Okay, <laughs> Let, let's go to uh, second round, and we'll, we'll go through these names you know, just as fast as we, we did, but we might pause and talk about a few of them because there are some interesting picks in the second round. You got George Kittle uh, from University of Iowa. God bless at uh, the 201. Uh, Jordan or Jordan Taylor, <laughs> Jonathan Taylor at the 202, Nick Chubb, Tyreek Hill, Carson Wentz, Josh Jacobs at the 206, uh, Joe Mixon, DeAndre Hopkins slipped to the 208, Miles Sanders, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Derrick Henry, and finally closing out the second round. All the way at the 212, Devontae Adams, the steal of the round, Tyler nails that pick. So nice start. Such with, a slip for uh, Adams. <laughs> yeah so to start with christian mccaffrey and then get Devonte adams man that that's the best start ever in dynasty <laughs> my god Woo. well excellent right i think it's a we're seeing this in the, in the draft that we did here and as you go through the picks we're seeing the the value of wide receiver uh being degraded a bit and even with, with hopkins going to the 208 yeah. and i think it's and it's, uh, if other people experience this is if you have top end wide receivers, it's super hard to move them for the value that you get in their actual production for your team compared to running backs. The the whole dynasty marketplace right now, like anything you listen to, whatever he's talking about, uh, we're all obsessed with what a difference maker running backs can be on your squad. And and I think that's where 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 we you could see a a gap in value where you can make you make some money. Yeah, so um, I do have to say though, the, the re- but the reason we're like that is because it's true. I, I mean, um, th- like Christian McCaffrey, I won championships with him, or I was in the the championship game with Christian McCaffrey, and pretty much all my championships. There were some exceptions there, but I, I'm you know, those guys are difference makers, and and they can they can really fill um, uh, or hide a lot of gaps on your team when you when you have Christian McCaffrey or. Uh, um, you know, Zeke, if, if he has that monster year. Yeah, and we every year, it seems like the past several years, we've seen it. Like, one of those guys has had a monster year. You know, Todd Gurley had that monster year where people got gurlied in the championship. He, he well, yeah, won, th- so. he had two monster years where he was just yeah. 
elite and a massive, massive difference maker. And, and at the end of the day, wide receivers generally don't do that. I mean, they can help you win championships for sure, but um, you know, uh, you know, uh, and, and it can be even a guy like Aaron Jones, you know, he might score four touchdowns in a game and run for 150 and catch, you know, six balls for your team. And, you know, if he does that, if he gets all those touchdowns, I mean, he's, he's going to beat anybody, you know, for, for your, your team that week. So running backs can do that. Wide receivers can't, they just, they just can't, they can't, you know, combine the rushing and receiving, um, you, know, you know, what's the most dominant wide receiver performance we saw? Was it uh, uh, maybe Sammy Watkins week one for Kansas city? Does he have, I mean, a couple of, a couple of big performances, but generally speaking, it's the running backs that do it. So that's why we want to get those guys on our team. Yeah. And they're the ones that put up those 400 like fantasy point seasons in the, the non QB yeah. spots. And it's a, uh, it's just it's just interesting because there's like one player does that. These aren't you know the the Tigers and Christian McCaffrey's are not the norm of the world. Like the drop off between RB like the the you know running back one overall to like running back twelve is a pretty big point gap. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, and Christian McCaffrey is going to um, not put up a season like that in in 2020. I'm afraid everybody, but. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's hard to, he's probably a guy that we should be shopping around and trying to get a, a you know, a lot back for it, but it's, it's hard to do when you own it. I, see, like, the thing about the Panthers though, is they could potentially have a better offense, Like they, they could be better offensively right, and, look, and much worse defensively. And in a, in a division now where Tom Brady comes to town and now they have to score more points to try to compete in games. Yeah. I mean, look, look what Clyde Edwards Hilaire did in that um, LSU offense. So, uh, man yeah he could hey i mean i think he's gonna have a big year it's just i don't know if he's gonna you know set himself far, that far apart from everyone else like he did in 2019 who else sticks out um in, in this um this round i, I you know I, I think you know we, we talked about the wide receivers dropping i mean Devontae Adams at 212 but I, I got DeAndre hopkins at 208 which i thought was was pretty great value for him because uh, so many running backs went before including Jonathan Taylor at, at the 202. Peter took Jonathan Taylor, and I, I don't hate that pick, um, but but it was pretty eye opening to see him go that early. Yeah, and again with with it being a mock, you know maybe maybe there was some reach here, but I actually think this is the time where Jonathan Taylor next year could be in that that top, you know five six picks easy. If, if Jonathan Taylor, you know, adapts the NFL well, uh, you know, catches thirty five to let's, let's say thirty five, let's say like. He catches 50 passes with Phillip Rivers, which isn't a stretch because you look at the way he targets running backs and, you know, he takes over, you know, week three or four after they realize that, you know, Marlon Mack, although a decent starting running back in the NFL, isn't, isn't Jonathan Taylor. He, he could move up. So, I mean, he could, even be, he could be in the tier of the other, you know, first overall picks. Agreed. Yeah, he, he could rise high. And, man, I, that's one of the storylines I'm most excited about, seeing the Colts with with Jonathan Taylor um, and even Philip Rivers at quarterback, you know, to have a competent quarterback again. Well, can a guy like Paris Campbell have a, a big second year? Can T.Y. Hilton bounce back? What about Michael Pittman? It's it's fun, Will. It's a fun team that, that it's going to be fun. Um, yeah, it's a super fun offense. I'm oh, sorry. I, mean, I totally got off on a tangent and, there. And uh, and the Colts at least feel like they're built for the future. Like they're, yeah. they're not going to go like full Jaguars and ruin everything. Uh, really well run franchise. 
in my opinion. So, okay. Uh, let's see anything else. I don't, I don't know if there's anything else that's notable to talk about anything you want to um, talk about. I, I, I do like Corey took uh, Carson Wentz at the, at the two Oh five. Um, and, and I, I think he is a very intriguing quarterback in leagues. Well, I think he's a little bit underrated because Carson Wentz, you know, we, we forget the, the season he was having. It was that Super Bowl year when, when he got, you know, um, injured against the, they were playing the Rams. Um, but, but, you know, and I know he's had this really bad yeah. injury history, but man, he can, he can put up monster numbers. I mean, look what he did last year with, you know, Greg Ward as his wide receiver one. I mean, it was, it was really impressive. So I, I like, I like Carson Wentz there. I just wanted to point that out. That's a good pick. And they, they seem to be trying to at least surround him with, with more and more talent as, as we go along. Uh, I think the, the, the Marquise Goodwin uh, acquisition is, is fine. I was reading an article about him. Uh, he had like a bunch of concussions right in a row. I'm kind of worried about Marquise's, Marquise Goodwin's future, but you know, you know, maybe he can, he can play some games. And, and if Deshaun Jackson goes down, at least fill that role a little bit better than anybody else could on the team for the moment. Yeah, that's he. He is a good signing. No one's talking about. I mean, I don't. Not a guy you want to get for your dynasty team necessarily, but he'll he'll be helpful for Philadelphia. And Carson Wentz. Shall we get into the third round? Because what was interesting about this, and one of the reasons I want to mention that quarterback pick. Remember that was at the two oh five. We we don't have any quarterbacks for a while after that. Well, which was kind of interesting, because uh, at the three oh one, Tyler took uh, Travis Kelsey. Um, then you had Chris Godwin go, J.K. Dobbins, boom boom, DJ, yeah, DJ Moore, uh, sniped. Jake took DJ Moore right ahead of me. I, I settled for Juju after that at the three hundred five. AJ Brown, Cam Akers, Odell Beckham, Kenny Galladay, Amari Cooper, DeAndre Swift, and finally at the three twelve, Jason grabbed Josh Allen. So a, a, a big stretch between quarterback picks in the Superflex League the very last pick of the third round. So, uh, you know, th- this is where it gets kind of interesting to me, Will, the, the third round. Uh, you you got some really fun, exciting players. A lot of younger wide receivers went off the board. A uh, couple of rookie running backs. So what are your thoughts about the third round? Did anything stand out to you? Uh, I thought the, the third round w- was decently, uh, I don't know, it, it, there weren't like, like massive surprises to me. Uh, the rookie running backs a little bit. Uh, one, at the 303, Going Dobbins. I didn't really plan to take Dobbins here at the at the three hundred three, but at this point in time, with what was left on the board, uh, I think I think Dobbins has the future where he could be one of those elite elite fantasy point producers. Yeah, and it might not be this like the beginning of this year, but it would just take a second for him to really open up in that offense. I mean, he he worked with a rushing quarterback last year in Justin Fields, and he lands in, at the Ravens where. Even though they lost Marshall Yanda, uh, that team is dedicated. And I, they, I, I, get, uh, I don't think the Ravens expected Dobbins to fall to them that far in the second round. And his skill set could just could be massive. He doesn't even have to be like the world's most elite running back athletically uh, to just be a, a top-end asset. So, oh, and, and he's good. He's a, he's a really skilled running back and a, and a really great – position in Baltimore it's very exciting I, I love Dobbins as well yeah and and, and like at, at, at worst he's going to get at least some production during his rookie year because how much they run the ball even with their running backs uh 
beyond that, you saw this this kind of like this kind of this mix of who was going to choose like what wide like what which wide receivers have fallen far enough now to take besides like the top tier. So Godwin going at the three hundred two. I think that's a pretty big dip for Godwin, right? Yeah, I I, I do. I agree. I mean, he he was last year. Uh, like mid-season, if not to the end of the season, some people's dynasty wide receiver one. So now you're getting that at the 302. That change in offense has people scared. And I think this mock draft shows that. Right. Which, well, which is just I, super interesting. It might have been out of, after those comments because it was – was it? I'm not sure how long ago it was. But it might have been when we were starting this draft where Bruce Arians comes out. You know, we're going to run more 12 personnel. So I, I think that is happening to Godwin is, is people are getting nervous about him. Yeah, it was, it was on the, the fantasy footballers uh, recently where – the, the top teams that ran 12 personnel, it was only 40% of the time was the highest team last year. Right. So, I mean, I think, I think saying more, I don't know what the, the Buccaneers, you know, 12 personnel was last year, but saying that they're going to do that more, does, I don't think necessarily hurts them. And it's, like, it's all a coach speak too, right? You're, you're absolutely right. More could be, you know, five more percent of the time or something really small like that. You're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I do think Godwin falling is, is shocking. And like Travis Kelsey going above him, you know, you're taking production versus age, things like that. And I, I really, the Ryan, this mock draft is just good because it, it gives you so much insight into what to do in your dynasty leagues again. Juju though, at the, the 305, are you surprised he fell that far? How do you, like, why did you take Juju at the 305? Well, you know, for me, if you look at the, I, I just, I, I guess you have to be careful doing this, but I kind of throw out uh, 2019. Well, I, I mean, you know, big men went out early and, and Juju had, you know, a little bit of an injury struggle as well. So I, I just think the way he started his career, um, you know, just his age and, and, and what he's done for, for me at, you know, at the middle of the third round, I just couldn't pass that up. So, um, you know, you know I, I really wanted DJ Moore, um, but Jake took DJ Moore ahead of me, but, but, you know, after that, you know, the, um, uh, you know, I guess you can make an argument for Odell Beckham, um, Kenny Galladay, Amari Cooper, because those other wide receivers are one of those rookie running backs. But for me, it just, you know, Juju is, is just a really solid dynasty asset, just, just based on his age alone. So uh, for me, it was a pretty easy pick, really. Yeah, the recency bias from all the factors that went into his season last year is being significantly overblown. Uh, Evan Silva, a guy that I really love listening to and talk about, you know, he was one of the guys that was pumping up God Godwin last year. It, he said recently that he's going to be way overweight on Juju this year uh, in redraft because his bounce back potential is through the roof. I, I, I think that, I think that Juju is like, if you can find somebody who's still not confident now that offense is going to change and you basically have to bank on Roethlisberger's health. You, you should assume that he's going to be healthy this year, at least for the majority of the season and not go down week two, you know, early on and be out the rest of the season. Juju, it's, it's, it's interesting how far a player can drop from one year to the next uh, based on circumstances where they had just horrible quarterback play. The, the Steelers offense was terrible last year. I think they scored like 25 or 23 total touchdowns. That's, that is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, should we, uh, should we, should we bounce into the, the fourth round? Will you, are you ready? Any other final thoughts from the third round? Yeah. I mean, so, so startup picks with, with cam makers and 
uh, DeAndre Swift both going in the third round, that lets you know where your rookie values are. Right. Like a, a third round, a third round startup pick is worth a rookie first rounder almost every time moving into the future. And we've now had five rookies picked in the first three rounds. That's huge. Yeah. That's and, that's massive. And, and all the they're all the running backs too. In, in this running back class, um, it, it, you know, it, it, five really intriguing guys. I mean, Cam Akers and DeAndre Swift are, are both super intriguing. You know, I, I like those picks. You know, Trey took Akers. Peter took Swift. They could be difference makers, Will. They could be those guys that we're looking at a couple of years from now. These guys. <laughs> that um you know the outlier overall running back one season so yeah and then even josh allen at the 312 like if josh allen he could be a top three running back this year or quarter sorry quarterback this year i mean he, that's in his range of outcomes pretty easily yeah he, he's he's a um maybe not the best nfl quarterback but for for fantasy for dynasty he's he's um he's pretty intriguing okay the fourth round Started off with Mike Evans. So Mike Evans finally off the board, which I think is a really good value at the 401. Then Allen Robinson, Mark Andrews, Julio Jones, Austin Eckler, Leonard Fournette, DK Metcalf, Joe Burrow, Tua Tagovailoa. I, I, I did that pretty well, I think. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> at this point, I should be able to. Um, Aaron Jones, his teammate. And then at the 412, you got Baker Mayfield going off the board. So, um, you know, it keeps getting more and more interesting as you get into these, these deeper rounds. Right. Um, if you, and if you look at this round, um, you know, just, just kind of all over the board, still, still quarterbacks, you know, not, not, not flying off the board in this thing, but they, they, some of them went late, some of the younger ones. And, and of course, Aaron Rodgers and um, you know, Julio Jones finally goes who is old, but continues to put up monster numbers. So uh, Mark Andrews, the, um, probably the tight end that you want to own if you don't own Kittle or Kelsey. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Will, what, what are your thoughts about this? This round? Well, Andrew easily has the, the ability to move up into that, that top tight end tier where he's now a difference maker at the tight end position uh, completely. And he's somebody who, you know, you know makes a, a, a win difference in your week over week matchups. So yeah. I think I think you know I don't mind that pick right there at all. I was kind of surprised when it happened. I had to think about it, but I did like it. I think Mike Evans falling to the to the four hundred one again. This wide receiver value is is just insane. Uh, Mike Evans has been just a, a producer for a long time, and now he might be getting more accurate passes from a better quarterback. You know, James Winston puts up fantasy stats, and he, he throws for a ton of yards. And Mike Evans, you know, he sometimes has some very uh, I, I, like catastrophic drops is in I feel like his drops get highlighted quite a bit because sometimes they're, they're just really bad yeah uh, but I, I think his floor might be increased by having Brady there he might not have those like you know those peak like three touchdown you know 150 yard game but he's also not going to be completely nixed out of the offense based on the quarterback play yeah so his his age his past production uh, the the fact that he's you know, falling this far is, is very interesting to me. Like if you, so Mike Evans for the, the, let's say like 103, 104, 105 in a, in a rookie draft would, you would look at that and you'd be like, Oh, that's a really good deal for the person that just acquired Mike Evans. But we saw, right. We saw all those picks go before him. Yeah. It's, 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 you know, the, the amount of uncertainty with this group of people who are drafting is, 
it's fun to know because all these all these people are trustworthy. We're all smart, and uh, that 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 kind of value. I think that, he, and you see it when you're trying to trade Mike Evans when you have him for for something. His value isn't what it's worth on dynasty sites or other ADPs or calculators and things like that. I I just don't know what to do with him, Ryan. It's crazy, right? I mean, you're right. He is uh, he's a guy that. We, I think we said this last year about Mike Evans, what a value he was, and he slipped even further down, down the, the startup draft board, right? So I, I'm with you. Um, it, it is perplexing, and, and you're right. He's just one of those guys for whatever reason. And I think what the reason is, is he always puts up a couple of real stinkers that seem like they're in inopportune times where, you know, he'll get like, you know, three targets, one reception, 13 you know, yards, and, and you're like, what the hell, man? I really need to have a big week. It feels like each year he has two or three stinkers, and then, you know, it just it sticks in your head, right? So yeah, I, I think that, I think that him and Godwin have a, have a chance to just boom again with Brady. I know that Brady's arm, like, obviously isn't as strong as he, as he was at his peak with like, when, like when Randy Moss came to the Patriots. But I, I, I think his accuracy will make up for everything with these guys. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Just to see general Brady. intelligence. Yeah, because because Brady is that's right. I, I mean. He, 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 I mean, he's just, he just has those intangibles and he's just a really smart quarterback. And, and that's, he, he's, he's going to do great in, in Tampa. If he can just get a little bit of protection from that offensive line, um, it, it's going to be fun. I, I, that's one of my favorite storylines of, um, uh, of this year. Um, yeah, it, it's going to be super fun. It's just, yeah, Tampa, just we'll see what happens. Okay. And anyway. So, 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 Ryan, so, Ryan, then Alan Robinson goes at the 402. Yeah, and, and Al Robinson, I think, is a, uh, another like he's a, a curious case because that offense is going to change again. Yeah. I don't know if you saw this, but the Bears just canceled the rest of their their the two weeks of their their OTA or their like virtual OTAs this year uh, because they had accomplished all they could, which is <laughs> so soft. <laughs> Ryan, I want I want to be high on David Montgomery. I want to be high on the Bears offense, but even that like little blurb about how they're like canceling it early, I, I hate it. I honestly. That I think that should be factored more into what people's 2020 production is going to be. It just Let's pump the brakes. It's just like, like who, stuff. no, but who who, <laughs> who pays who pays their employees and is like, okay, we've done all we can here. We can't do any better. Lazy people do, Ryan. Lazy people do. So uh, your Bears are going to finish 0 16 because they're not prepared for the season. <laughs> I don't like it. Um, well, we'll see. I I, I think that. You know, the, when I think about Allen Robinson, I think, well, he put up those numbers with Mitch Trubisky throwing in the ball and, and, and Chase Daniels half the time. So um, I, I think I think with uh, Nick Foles, who's just a, not much better, but a little bit better, uh, he should be able to continue putting those big numbers. I mean, I think that if you look at the Bears offense, it's like, who are they going to throw the ball to? I mean, he's clearly their number one option. Um, how is Allen Robinson, like 26 years old? I mean, so he's he's really in his prime. Um, so I, 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 you know, I, I like the pick there. I, I, I like the pick. He, he is 26. He'll turn 27 in August, but, um, a Rob, I don't know that I would have picked him, you know, there, but, um, but I think that where, where he went was fine. Yeah. I, I just want to have the conversation though, about the bears offense and how terrible they're going to be because uh, they canceled uh, off season. <laughs> I want to talk about the, I want to talk about the quarterbacks. Um, so at the four Oh eight, I took Joe Burrow. Jake took two at the four Oh nine. And then you took Aaron Rodgers at the four ten. So hey, Raj. he's my uh, class. He's my, my like rocks on fourth round pick. So here's my question for you. Do, do you, would you take Aaron Rodgers over 
those two rookie QBs. You didn't have the choice. So, you know, you took Aaron oh, Rodgers, yeah. QB 11 off the board. Um, would, would you have taken him if, if, you know, if you had the 408 over uh, Tua and Burrow? Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's interesting. I, I, think, I, I think you're an outlier here. Well, I, so I think, well, I think it's such a projection on these rookies. The, the chances are that they're, you know, like, like, okay. Maybe like, uh, you know, quarterbacks, let's say they're, they're top of the career. Maybe they, they get into the QB one conversation. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe they're like QB 18, you know, 19, things like that. Uh, I think we forget just how good Aaron Rodgers is because of the drama that's gone on green Bay. And especially with this draft, uh, like everybody that Aaron Rodgers receiver wise has been a product of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you know, Jordy Nelson, uh, who's the guy that like, it was J- James, James, James Joyce. No, just uh, the, the, anyway, you, you look at his production, he's never had like super great elite first round wide receiver talent on the team. And he makes people better based on the offense. And, uh, you know, again, the Packers kind of – they had a slight against him. We'll see how that, that politics works out. But at the end of the day, he is just one of the top quarterbacks in the league. He can play for three, four more years. And if he goes back to his, you know, a, you know higher touchdown uh, – like not, not, not rate, but higher touchdown year over year, he's going to throw, you know, 35 to 40 touchdowns for the next three, four years potentially. I, I, I just think we're, we're underrating him based on, on kind of what, what happened with the team last year, even though they had 13 wins, he's, he's, I think better. You can bank on his production much more than you can with those rookies. And I think, I think it's a, it's a reach to say that they're going to be more valuable in, in two, in like in two years. Okay. I, I guess the counter argument is, you know, his age. So he's, you know, 36, which, you know, still has, you know, plenty of years left in the tank. But I think the other thing too, is that we've just seen this decline in production, right? Um, you, you know, if you go back to, you know, 2016 and, and the year he throws for, you know, 40 TDs and seven interceptions, that's, that's awesome. And, and even his rushing production was good, but we, we haven't seen it, you know, obviously 2017, he got injured. So that was, you know, it's not really fair to look at that, but um, you know, over the last couple of years, obviously his numbers have been good, but you know, not, not amazing. And he's 36 years old. So I, I think, you know, that's, that, that's the concern with Aaron Rodgers is that um, how many more years does he have left? And uh, you know, are, are you going to get, you know, the vintage Aaron Rodgers that was just a monster, you know, put a monster fantasy numbers. Or are you just going to get what we've got the last couple of years? Yeah. I think there's, there's definitely risk in there. But it's I I I think he's less risky than both the rookies. Yeah, I I, yeah, I mean that's that's probably fair. I mean I I think I I like the way these guys went off the board. You know, Burrow, Tua, and and Rogers. Um, Rogers or Baker Mayfield? I mean, obviously you took Rogers, but how how um, how close is Baker Mayfield to Aaron Rodgers for you? Uh, there there were the decision was like relatively close. Uh, the thing about Cleveland is it's been a, it's still been a mess for Baker Mayfield. You know, he came in half, you know, partway through the season and had a really good rookie year. And then you had the, the, the catastrophe that was the Cleveland organization last year. So I, I think the jury's still out and I think he's worth, we've seen what he can do. And if that team progresses overall, I think that Baker Mayfield could have been just a steal here at the four twelve. 
that's the thing is like uh with, with Joe Burrow and, and Tua like what what what's that like where where do you think Joe Burrow's gonna finish, Ryan? Do you think he's gonna be a, a top, you know, like like twenty quarterback this season or Oh easy, yeah, for sure. Yeah, with the weapons he has and and is um I think he's going to transition pretty quickly in the NFL. I, I mean, okay, obviously a red flag with Burrow is that he did it one year in college. He didn't have that sustained college production. But what what, what does he have going for him? Well, he, he had, you know, what, can we say the best season a college football quarterback has ever had? Um, the, the numbers he put up, I mean, he's, he's a brilliant decision maker. He, th- he thinks quickly. He's super accurate. Um, he seems to have the intangibles. So I, I just think there's – huge upside for joe burrow uh, we, we we've seen him we've we've seen what he we did when you're in college so um does that translate to the nfl i think it does but i mean we'll see maybe not but i just yeah there's just tremendous upside there certainly some risk but also tremendous and, upside and, and i agree with you right in the sense of like if it is like a rookie draft if you're at the you know if you're a you know, quarterback happy league super flex and you have the you know, the 103 and Joe Burrow still there. You're not trading that 103 for, for Aaron Rodgers. Right. That type of thing. I just, you know, in, in this, I, I'm just not, I just am not, maybe I'm not as excited about the, the rookie quarterbacks this year as I should be. Right. And hopefully think- I'm wrong. Hopefully they prove me wrong. I would love to have two new studs in the league. <laughs> well, and it may, it may take a while too. I mean, we'll see. I said, I feel pretty good about Joe Burrow being at least a, you know, QB two, but you know, we'll, we'll see. But um, why'd you take him over to a, uh, I, I think that there's enough with the, you know, injury concerns with Tua. Um, plus I think Burrow probably, um, you know, with his running ability, he has a little bit more upside, you know, so that, that just those things, but mainly the injury history, but yeah, but I, I like Tua too. And Tua also it, it was a tremendous college quarterback i think he's also a really good decision maker um super accurate so no two is exciting too they're both really exciting guys yeah and i went with the boring pick with the old man no i mean we'll see and aaron Rodgers. i mean i i wouldn't not bet against him putting up like a, a monster season like he did in 2016 i mean that's still within the range of options he's he's gonna be pissed off too because the jordan love pick and um I, I, I trust me. I'm a Bears fan, man. I'm not betting against Aaron Rodgers. No way. <laughs> not doing that. No, not doing that. Um, let's move to the fifth round. Um, you got Kenyon Drake, who went to uh, Tyler at the uh, 501. Then you, you have Daniel Jones, Matt Ryan, CeeDee Lamb, Jared Goff. So a lot of quarterbacks going off the board now. Calvin Ridley, Keenan Allen, Cortland Sutton, Devin Singletary, Ryan Tannenhill at the 510. Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford. So a lot of quarterbacks in, in this round. This is the fifth round, probably where we need to end it. Well, uh, after the fifth round, because um, I'd like to talk, look at rosters, and kind of see what you think. Um, but before we get into that fifth round, just a lot of quarterbacks, right? Um, any strong feelings about any of the quarterbacks or any of the other, other positions that were taken? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think. Kenyon Drake is going to be another case that's like Raheem Mostert of what he's going to produce this year uh, as a, an older running back. He's on that one-year contract in Arizona, but that could has the potential to be that, a super high-powered offense, and he could be a product of that. So when it comes to 
like 2020 value, uh, Kenny Drake could be could be massive for long term. Uh, they, I think you just bank on two seasons, which is just fine for running back here at the five and one. So I think that's that's a, you know, you know, a good pick to take the running back upside there because he could just sneak into that, you know, that that's a top seven RB pretty pretty easily. Uh, Daniel Jones, Ryan, I, I'm curious about your opinions about him. I, I don't think Jan, Daniel Jones is still very good. Uh, he he had some some boom games and he had some boom games and some important fantasy moments for everybody and. I, and he was also a really big value in last year's like rookie drafts, but I, I don't necessarily know that that Daniel Jones is, you know, the the he's going to be a long term starter there. It, it he he worries me quite a bit, and it's a whole it, you know it's a new coaching staff and everything like that. What do you think about Daniel Jones? I'm with you. I, I think Daniel Jones is probably a big sell candidate right now. Um, I don't have a lot of Daniel Jones, but I, I am thinking that I should start to shop him around because there are some people who are really high on Daniel Jones. I mean, if we look at where we're at, I'm just trying to see what, you know, where he was taken off the board among the quarterback position. Um, the, the 13th quarterback off the board. I mean, QB 13 in dynasty. That's crazy. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I have my concerns. I think he's a huge sell candidate. And if I can sell him for, you know, a, a top seven rookie pick and in a, a startup, I, I think um, I think I'm doing that. Well, what do you think about or, like, or, or not in a startup, it's top, top seven rookie pick in a super flex league? I'm doing that. Yeah. So, like Daniel Jones, long term, where'd you compare him to? You know, like Justin Herbert. Oh, how do I feel about those guys? Um, you know, I I think the thing with um, if I had to pick between them, I still think I picked Daniel Jones because we've seen Daniel Jones, you know, put up some big fantasy numbers where, you know, Herbert, we haven't seen anything yet. Um, but, you know, trying to meet objectively like my crystal ball. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think, you know, if, if let's say they were in the same class, let's say Herbert came out last year, I think we would have been like thinking Herbert was the way to go over Daniel Jones for sure. Um, so it should be Herbert, um, but I think value blinds me a little bit because Daniel Jones has more value. Yeah, and, and I think I think Daniel Jones right now does have quite a bit more value. I I just don't trust his his production moving forward, and maybe I'm overly skeptical about about these you know uh, rookies or, or second year guys that are, you know are, are being bumped up the board. Where I, I you know, Ryan, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just a conservative here, which is rare for me. <laughs> maybe uh, um w- w- other other thoughts about i, I like I, i'm a big matt ryan fan by the way so at the at the 503 um I, you know i i think that sometimes you know, you know in, in dynasty we we prefer the the younger guys over guys like matt ryan who just have just done it again and again and again i mean between between Daniel Jones and Matt Ryan, for me, it's Matt Ryan easy. Like every time I go Matt Ryan, so I like that. Yeah, and I still think the the Falcons defense is going to be terrible. I think so too. To, like pass a whole bunch, you know. Like let's just say Julio Jones is uh, one or two years left uh, at elite production, and I, I do think again, just pivot back quickly to Julio Jones. When we talk about they compared like Andre Johnson uh, and other players that had that like similar body type. But we've never seen a prospect like Julio Jones rise up from high school through college into the NFL as elite as he is. And, again, I think we're missing when he's gone. 
but he's been he's been the the top dog forever and if he has to like move in move into the slot or have uh you know he has some sort of change in how and how he works as wide receiver i still think julio jones is uh the crazy effective and then they have calvin ridley we'll see what hayden Hurst is and things like that but i think todd Gurley's another boost that offense compared to the running back court last year yeah and I th- you're gonna see more dump off passes get taken to the house even if it's just like two or three that's more than it was last year <laughs> my boy yeah. Qu- quadri olison uh one <laughs> hey, go 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 look at uh quadri olison's <laughs> go look at his uh carry counts last year and there, it's it's so it's so so low, but he still put up a few touchdowns. So, uh, oh, that's anyway, I think that that offense could operate on a higher level to be better for Matt Ryan. And he got hurt last year too, and Matt Schaub played a couple games, things like that. So, yeah, uh, you, you know, for for me, a couple things that stick out. Um, I, I just you know, not that, not that I'm just trying to say this is a brilliant pick, but the five of five I took Jared Goff looking at the quarterback landscape. And, and as I put in the chat, believe it or not, Goff has been a QB one the past three years. So I, I, I do think he's a guy that's a little bit underrated. Um, you know, Trey took Keenan Allen at the 507, which is, he says, 28-year-old 20, elite route runner who has just posted three straight seasons of better than um, 90 receptions, 1,100 yards, six touchdowns. He's been written off like Julio was back in 2018. I thought that was a good point. Wide receiver eight last year, and I'm taking. Who, him but Julio, Julio didn't go through a quarterback change. No, that's very true, and, and there's some risk with Keenan Allen. But I think here, the 55th pick overall, I, 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 I don't think that um, you know Keenan Allen's just going to fall off a cliff or anything like that. So I, I think it's a it's a pretty good value. Although you you could argue better value would be the 511 Cooper Cup pick that Peter took. Um, uh, I, didn't, I didn't even go to 512 with Matt Stafford. Sorry. No, Cooper Cup though. Okay, because it seems like he is slipping in in dynasty startups right now. That his value, you know, compared to where he he um you know some of the production he's he's put up in his past, it's just people are kind of um, devaluing him. There's the narrative out there that talking about twelve personnel, you know, the the Rams will run more twelve personnel, and Cooper Cup won't um, won't see as many targets and won't score as many touchdowns. What do you, what do you think? Do you like Cooper Cup here? At the at the five eleven or does Cooper Cup make you nervous? Will Green. Well, I, I, I'm a massive fan of, of Cooper Cup, and I think that you look at the way the Rams' offense operates, and again, right with like so like with your Jared Goff pick, you know, and saying that he's been efficient QB one, you have to like his receiving options, right? So he's been, you know, he had that For kind sure. of uh, he, he had a pretty brutal injury in in 2018, you know, and missed some time, and then it's coming back in 2019, he was huge throughout the first eight weeks of the season last year. He was a pretty big difference maker except for one week. And then at the end of the season, it kind of tailed off as that, as that offense changed and they, they, you know, they went through uh, so, some growing pains. Tyler Higby Hybe. The thing is though. So in, uh, in, in PPR Cooper cup was still fine. Like weeks, like 13 through 16, he was putting up over 14 and a half PPR fantasy points, or I guess over 12, Point one PPR fantasy points per game. His snap share did go down, uh, and you you see these, you know, these like uh, these little uh, like like blips and what what people want to extrapolate from everything. But uh, he's a core part of that offense, and he, he's going to be just fine. He, he's uh, a good enough separator at the line, and he's skilled enough where 
they're going to use him. And I don't, I don't think like drafting Van Jefferson, he's going to take a little bit of time to adapt to the NFL, especially coming out of Florida, Trey Barrett. Uh, and the, there's no way they're going to run this, the same amount of, of 12 personnel they did last year, is my opinion, near the end of the season. Yeah, I think so. I, I'm more of a believer he's going to have a, a big year than, than not. So I, I think this is a, is a good value here. Well, Greenwood, I, I'm fading here, man. So do we want to take a quick look at, at rosters and, and kind of say what our, what our favorites are? Or do we want to continue this next week? Yeah, I, there's so much more injury grind that happens later on in this draft because I started quarterback hoarding. Yeah, yeah, you did. You did. did. Okay, to give our listeners – this draft is still going on, but can I give our listeners just a little bit a little bit of a preview? I won't say the names, but can I, can I tell them what your, your roster looks like in terms yeah. of positions? So 11 players in. <laughs> Will has six quarterbacks, two running backs, two wide receivers, and one tight end. Um, uh, just to contrast that, contrast that with my roster, I've, I've 12 picks in, I've got four QBs, two running backs and six wide receivers. So, um, you, you definitely have out QB, QB'd me. Um, and, and it's interesting. So we'll, we'll get in, we'll get into that, uh, philosophy on roster builds and, and talk about other people's rosters. It'll be fun next week. Um, well, any th- final thoughts this evening, two minute warning. Oh yeah. This is, a. Uh... Hopefully you've lasted this long. Uh, the rookie deep dive talk, Ryan. Uh, I want to talk about deep dive, and we're talking about some UDFAs. So let's do some UDFAs for a little uh, scoop and score at the back of your roster. And there's there's a guy who has been using college for for six years. This is a guy. Uh, his name is Rodney Smith from the University of Minnesota. And he was signed by the Carolina Panthers. So one, he's he's twenty four point three years old right now. So he's he's definitely he's definitely a a, a super super senior coming out of college. Yeah, but that's 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 old. It's it's really old. But but for running backs, who cares? We we were talking about Raheem Mostert earlier. Uh, but anyway, he got he got. So this is a guy just to put on your taxi squad if he's on the waiver wire. Because I think that he could be a good player. He's just one of the one of those one of those guys that he stayed in college too long. He had a ton of injuries. I mean, as a running back, he played for six freaking years. That's a that's a horrible uh, long term NFL trajectory. But let's look at the short term here. So Rodney Smith to the Carolina Panthers. His uh his freshman year he redshirted. So you're already kind of already in trouble as far as elite prospect territory, uh, and then. You know, his redshirt freshman year, he kind of mixed in, and it was a mix in the backfield. His sophomore year at Minnesota, he ran for 1,158 yards, 16 touchdowns. Then he added 23 catches to that, too. Yeah, now we're talking. Uh, yeah. His, his like, redshirt sophomore year was just a boom. He should have come into the NFL right then. Uh, I actually believe he might have gotten a little bit banged up at the end of the year. Anyway, he decided not to come out. And uh, the Minnesota football program went through a big – point of turnover and turmoil they had a, a you know a lot of, of uh you know lawsuits and allegations they had to clean house absolutely had to clean house and, and they did it and they did a good job of doing that like i i kind of i kind of appreciate what they did there and then the next year that they came in uh he had kind of a mediocre year in his junior year 
So not 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 a lot to talk about there as far as his junior <laughs> season. Way to sell him. Okay. I mean, just, just just under a thousand yards, things like that. But his uh, senior year, great year, right? No, but his is so his redshirt senior year, the second game of the year, he tears his ACL. Oh. Like the first year, he went for like 158 yard or 150 yards, like two touchdowns. But the second year, second game, he tore his ACL, so they got a medical redshirt. Damn, Ooh, okay. medical redshirt. This is not good, Will. He's sneaking up on you. Sneaking up on your medical red shirt. So now his red shirt senior year is gone. Oh man. Okay. So but his final his final year for the for the Golden Gophers, uh, he goes for eleven hundred and sixty-three yards, eight touchdowns. But the 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 caveat here is like it's odd because he, he didn't sniff that, that twenty-three reception season. Uh every other year of his college career, but at least he had one, which, which may, which may factor in. Uh, and then he ran a, you know, kind of a virtual pro day where he clocked in at a, a four, four, four or a four, four, one. So kind of consensus is you adjust that, that pro day time to the NFL combine. So he's, he's just basically a, a just under a sub four five. That, that checks the box. Guy. That's good. Yeah. And he's listed at five ten to five eleven, which means his real height might be like, around 5'9", because I feel like combine heights always end up a little bit shorter and 210 pounds. But what, what I want to go back to is, Ryan, he he has shown flashes, and he was great. He, like, in, in 20, like, 18 and 2017, he was super highly graded with uh, missed tackles forced and on PFF. Uh, he, he had this, like, really weird long college career and then and signed with the Panthers. And the long story short with this is, you have Christian McCaffrey, who's coming off one of the, a super high touch season, and I think he might be the best backup in Carolina. And this is your chance to scoop and score him on your Texas squad. Yeah, I like it. I, I mean, Rodney Smith, who has been completely why, overlooked. Why not? Uh, you know, if you've got a deep roster and you've got space, uh, he's probably on your waiver wire. So I like it. And, and again, I, I know he's coming out old, but who for running backs like his is he? You know. If he got drafted in the seventh round and signed his rookie four-year deal, that's all he's going to get anyway. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I like it. That was that was a fun deep dive, Will. That, that's a good good place to own the show because uh, uh, just like Rodney, I'm old too, and I need to get to bed. So <laughs> um, we are the Fancy Joes. You can find us on Twitter at FFJoes. Uh, I am at Roto Librarian. Will is at FantasyJoe underscore Will. You can – Become Patreon supporters if you go to patreon.com slash fantasyjoes. On behalf of Will Greenwood, I am Ryan Livergood, and we are the Fantasy Joes. And next week, we'll talk about David Montgomery and how much the Bears' laziness will affect his season in 2020. (laughs) Well, yeah, David Montgomery. Uh, Everyone wants to hear about David Montgomery. That's next time on the Fantasy Joes. (laughs)